Welcome to the Block Alliance. Hello guys and welcome to a Block Alliance podcast. I'm here with Jonathan Deering, the composer behind the short film Joy, Cheryl's Story and Paramount's Blue Story. Welcome. Name's <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does, the, the, the more you say it, like... Yeah, Paramount. Don't know how we did that. Don't know how we pulled that off. It is, it's, it's kind of like... The, the, I don't know, it's just kind of hit me again. The more you think about it, the more like absurd it sounds. Like if someone was to tell me, like to tell most of us, like, you know, Simon... Uh, K's, all the people from Shira that worked on Blue Story as well, um, that uh, we were going to work on a Paramount BBC film, I think we would have slapped you. Um, mm. Yeah, it's quite insane. Quite insane. Insane journey. Been an insane, very lucky journey. Mm. And I do, I have to, I do have to thank um, Ratman for um, fighting for me, I guess, you know. Um, because we were, you and I were talking earlier about like you know film being a business, um, and for anyone it doesn't it doesn't matter about the amount of money, for anyone to put their kind of trust in you, as 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 an artist as a, a performer whatever, uh, is insane. But uh, for someone to fight for you, because I was twenty three at the time, and um, you know they're a bit unsure whether or not I could. It off. I don't even know if I have pulled it off, but they were unsure if if I pulled it if I could pull it off, if I had like the experience or whatever, because uh, I didn't have the experience really. You know, there's composers double my age that haven't had the fortune of working with Paramount. So uh, the fact that Ratman and Simon were in there with the producers, kind of backing me up, is really special um, and something I'll definitely. Uh, cherish and absolutely in no way will I ever be able to repay but um, yeah all down to them really when it comes to like composing is there like are there certain stories that you prefer to tell Um, uh, I don't know Um, there's obviously definitely uh, genres that I prefer working in um, but then but then having said that like you can still have the most like heartbreaking stories in like worlds that really don't exist or you know made up fantasy you know um, worlds um, it doesn't just have to be a human level. I don't know I don't know I I think naturally as as a kind of uh, as a creative, I, I think there are things that I'm better at, mm. uh, story-wise and like genre-wise. So I'm naturally more drawn, or should I say, more asked for. Um, you know, I'm more employable in certain genres than I am others. But I, I don't, I don't know if there's um, ones I prefer. It also depends what mood I'm in. Actually, I know that sounds crass, but it does depend on the day what mood mm. I'm in. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm gonna have to. I, I unfortunately like 
rubbishly leave that sort of semi unanswered um, I don't know because I, di I didn't I didn't think that I was going to kind of go down um, the sort of path uh, that I have done where I've told quite a lot of um, uh, stories about underrepresented um, uh, people and, and, and lives and uh, you know, backgrounds right? so I don't know I don't know that that is my answer I don't I, I don't know no when did you begin your journey as a composer um, well uh, my parents had, uh, definitely had to have like a lot of um, a lot of patience uh, because so my dad is a, a concert pianist he's traveling all, all around the world like playing uh, the piano um, uh, classically uh, orientated like pieces um, my mum uh, was in like the music world she isn't anymore uh, so naturally I was surrounded by this you know very musical um, background all different genres left right and centre uh, my dad was a sort of like blues jazz classical sort of side um, my mum was sort of like she was a bit of a goth, so heavy metal mm. and uh, rock and um, pop music, musicals, things like that. Um, various different genres. So I was always brought up around that, and obviously naturally they were always interested in getting me into the sort of music uh, side of things. Um, but I, d I just wasn't interested. Um, I mean, obviously I liked music, I just wasn't interested. Like, I think, that, you know most people nowadays say oh, oh is it cool seeing your dad perform on stage and I just or like in concerts and whatever I just wasn't interested mm. um, I just didn't like the particular music that he was doing or playing or um, I certainly didn't see it as like a career I didn't see it as something I enjoyed doing necessarily I wanted to be a bit like Simon who uh, was on the last episode um, uh, I wanted to be an actor I wanted to be like on stage performing, I wanted to be, behind, you know, on camera, not behind it, um, and uh, so that's what I, you know, did for quite a while. I went to like Saturday schools, like a couple of classes in like you know when I was eight or nine. Uh, then when I was old enough, went to the Brit school. Uh, then left, had a gap year, and decided okay, I'm going to audition for acting schools. Uh, so went, got in, got into to an acting school, went to an acting school for three years and then left and um, you know, got a couple of roles and things, TV gigs and whatever, but um, I think it was kind of uh, at that acting school where I realised that my love for uh, the music and films sort of outweighed my love for the acting in them. Um, and obviously I'd always been writing music, I'd always been like, you know, faffing around. Like my dad when I was eight or nine came back home with like one of the first first or second um Apple laptops mm. and it had Gar garage band on it. Um yeah. and for everyone that doesn't know what garage band is, that's just a free uh, music software uh thing that comes with a uh, Apple products. I don't know if it still is free, but I think it is. Uh, anyway, um uh, my mum literally just sat me down and said, right, f figure it out, I guess. Yeah. 
um, you know, people have always, you know, assumed that my kind of musicality came from my parents, and they did obviously nurture it, but they never taught me anything. Um, uh, I I am self-taught, um, uh, so I I did. I just had to figure everything out. My mum definitely doesn't know how to program music, write music in Garage Band. My dad definitely didn't know how to do it. Um, so I figured that all out myself. Um, you know, didn't have any, all the lessons I had, the teachers just got fucked off with me because I didn't do what they asked me to do. I was always doing my own thing. I always thought, oh, this sounds better if we did it this way though. And they were like, no, it's not the right technique or whatever. Um, so yeah, and got my first film job when I was like um, 16 at the Brit School, director called uh, Liam Hooper. Um, heard something that I, I must have put on Facebook or something like that. Um, Bebo was Bebo around there, it was something like that. Um, and just said, Right, well, can you write some music for me? Did it ever since then. I was like, Okay, that's sort of when the fire um, ignited, um, I guess. That was 2012, 2013, 16. Um, so ever since then, I've you know really wanted to be a composer but I was always I can't kind of talking about it it, it was it's sort of so obvious that this is what I was meant to do I just was blind to it um even thinking like we, we me and a couple of friends used to like go to HMV once in a while like after school or whatever and they were always picking out you know uh not shit albums but the obvious yeah. albums um and I was always just in like the fucking weird sections, like all the all the tiny sections, where like all all the the ones where you ha like have to brush dust off them. I was always in there, like um, uh, film music was one of them. I was just obsessed with like film music. Um, I remember Lion King. I always say this: Lion King uh, was that first sort of wow moment mm. I had with music um, in like in in a film. Um, I was just obsessed with. It. I was obsessed with all the sound, all like the all the melodies or like the harmonies I didn't understand why it hit me so hard but it didn't mm. hit other people hard I mean obviously like Mufasa dying is very sad but I was obsessed with the music not the fact that Mufasa's died I don't give a shit I care about what what's he doing here with the music um, so yeah I, I, you know it, dubstep when I was like a teenager stereotypical white boy here dubstep like rock music I was always obsessed with like oh, how are they making that how are they making that sound like from nothing mm. how do you do that so it was that sort of obsession that sort of turned into, okay, fuck, maybe I want to do this for a living. Um, yeah, just yeah, I I took I took the hardest road, Seb. I could have literally sat down and kind of been spoon fed it all, but I've you know I just haven't. People always assume that that's how I got into it from my parents, but absolutely not. They tried and I ignored. You know, I haven't learned anything from them. My dad certainly didn't have the patience to sit down and teach me. Um, so, yeah, so I'm also taught. Rebellious by nature. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess uh, some people would say <laughs> stupid by nature, I guess. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I'll take the rebel. I'll, t I'll take the rebellious by nature. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, yeah, but, I, you know, you just think, mm. you, you fucking idiot. You could have could have been a little bit more easier at least, um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm I am I guess where I am today because 
I didn't listen to the rules, 100%. I guess. Um, do you think you appreciate yeah. what you do a lot more because of it? Um, yeah. Uh, yes, because... Yeah, I, w- I remember... This is a li- little weird story. I, in, like, parents' evenings... Mm. Remember parents' evenings back in the day? Um, uh, my... Was she my music? My music teacher, like, in year eight or nine, whatever it was, when I first started talking about film music, that was when I first started talking about it, in, like, year nine, year ten, like, you know, obsessed by it, whatever. She basically turned around and said, oh, you no, know, no, you'll never be a film composer. And I remember... Um, I remember when the f- the first sort of screening, not public screening, the first screening of Blue Story, where I saw like the stars of Paramount fly in and you know BBC Logan and everything. I just remember it. It just kind of took me. It, it, she wasn't being horrible by saying that. She was probably right. Like the likelihood of me becoming a film composer was slim. Like m- most people have a classical music background. They you know they could read music before they could. Um, read words that's mm. dramatic but you know what I mean um, I I couldn't I, I I didn't have any of that I had nothing apart from I guess a good musical ear and just the ability to pick up uh, music really quickly like just learn things really quickly that was all I had going for me and that's just not enough um, uh, and so I, I guess after you asking me that, that's just suddenly hit me. Yes, I, I think I do. Um, partly because I know how bloody hard it is in any field of this industry, any in any field, uh, even writing, you know, direct anything. It's so hard to kind of get into it. Um, uh, so yeah, no, I do. I I, I didn't realise I did until you yeah. asked that question. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. I think it's been it's been a a long journey when it could have been shorter. So yeah, uh, yeah. Do you have like any? Because I know we were speaking about like Nicholas Patel and Ludwig earlier. Do you have any people yeah. that you see as like mentors in this industry that you're in? Um. As in uh, people I know or just people that I've looked up to that have like helped guide yeah, my I've voice? Yeah, I've seen both. both. Um, in, in, in terms of people that I, I, I kind of looked up to that helped me kind of shape, um, shape the idea of becoming a film composer, it, it would have to be, it's obvious, but it would have to be Hans Zimmer. Um, uh, it was his sort of sound. It was his body of work that really, obviously, he composed Lion King. So, mm. hit me really hard with just this weird feeling I couldn't explain. Um, and my whole kind of sound that kind of was shaped around him from like a young age, because um, he had a, a, he kind of came from a classically trained background, but. He was very obsessed with like electronic music as well. All these genres that you quote unquote 
shouldn't be interested in to be a composer, um, which I think is is ridiculous. Um, and yeah, I, I just think it was his use of, you know, I mean, mm. we hear it a lot nowadays. Everyone kind of sounds like him, uh, but he invented this whole sound, this whole way of composing music that kind of hadn't really been done um, as successfully as he had done. Um, and then weirdly, just thinking about it now, someone that, like the, the next, the next person um, who I, I know isn't actually in the industry, it, it would have to be my IT teacher. And I know that's really random, but it was called Mr. Muller. Uh, he was South African, not, not German, Mr. Muller. Um, and um, he was the one he used to just bless bless his heart. Uh, I wonder where he is now. Uh, but he used to just sit me down and say, you know, you you shouldn't be here. He was he was actually the person really that kicked me up the arse to go to like the Brit school and start that whole sort of journey. So I I think pro he didn't inspire me obviously, but he I think he had a word with me that I think people kind of especially my parents anyway, were scared that I was going to let another opportunity slip just because I didn't listen to them about the music thing in the first place. Um, and he kind of, you know, sat me down and said, you're not, you're essentially not meant to be here. You know, he didn't put it as crudely as that. You're, you're meant to be, you know, performing or doing whatever creative. So just go and do it. Um, and yeah. I, do, I do, you know, I'm very fortunate to have a teacher that, cared like that and actually you know put so much like time and energy into inspiring me to actually realize what i wanted to do um so i get i'm just gonna have to say him and i know it's not really your question but um yeah i i do think if it wasn't for him i might still be doing what i'm doing now but i wouldn't have um i wouldn't have gone to like performing arts school or anything like that i wouldn't have you know then maybe I wouldn't have gone to the acting school and then maybe I wouldn't have, you know, realised that I wanted to be um, a composer more than I did an actor. I, you know, I, who knows? But I think he was that first person, contrary to the music teacher that said, I'll never be a, a film composer. He was the first person mm. kind of teaching-wise that was actually like, you have potential. He was a fucking IT teacher. And he was like, you have potential, like, go and do it, you know. Believe in yourself. Mm. Um, and you know just earlier we were just talking about like personal philosophies but I think he he's he, he was the person that started spoon feeding that idea of just trust yourself, trust the process trust the, you know just make sure you're in the right place for the process to actually begin and I think that's really important because um, and obviously that, that's not me saying that, that's not me saying um, you have to be in a performing arts school to be slightly successful nothing like that it's just realising where you belong is really important and, and I think mm. I was fortunate enough to find that when I was 14, 15 however old I was um, so yeah hope that answers it like that inner the inner artist you've, you've discovered quite early yeah. on yeah it just wasn't musical that's, that's it good. was acting I guess um, yeah mm. You were saying earlier that you feel like um, 
scores are another actor to mm. the film. Just talk to me a bit more about that. Um, well, I think, and I understand why, but I, I don't think people a hundred percent, most people anyway, a hundred percent realize how um, just important uh, music is. Um, uh, and how it can be used as well. It's not just a simple case of just putting on a sad song over a sad scene. It's, it's that we said earlier, like that there's like a, a million ways to say I love you and I hate you, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's exactly the same for like emotions that, that you can't just say you're sad. That's just a very, that, that's, mm. that's a, a very narrow minded approach. There's so many different levels of being sad. Like, so how do you, how do you portray that sadness? Um, also do you mm. need to portray that sadness or is like one of the actors on screen doing it um, or is an actor on screen not doing it enough therefore you have to heighten it so uh, Jaws like there's whenever someone says what do you mean by you know music being an actor like, Jaws you don't see the shark you, I think you see the shark uh, I don't want to get this wrong but you, you see the shark for a matter of minutes in an hour and 40 mm. minute film the character of the shark is portrayed by the music duh, dum, duh, duh. it's terrifying it would not yeah. be terrifying yeah. if it wasn't for that music it would just be you would just who, why are you filming a fucking ocean there is nothing in the fucking <laughs> ocean why are you you know why am i looking at some fucking waves but you put duh, 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 on anything it could be a fucking coral reef mm. seb it could be a coral reef mm. and it would be terrifying um, and that's that's mm. that's just a, just one example, obviously, of film being, uh, film music being like uh, another actor. But it is really there's this is what I I think is so fascinating about it. There's so many ways you can use music in in films. It can communicate so much, um, uh, and obviously you know it it can also spoon feed, which isn't necessarily the best way of using music in film but it if it's there it's there for a reason and just like anything within film that that has been thought out for hours if not days you know and then executing it i.e mm. writing it could take months could take weeks could take whatever um and it's exactly the same process as acting and i think coming from an acting background i think i do have a sort of unique um uh, idea of how to communicate uh, musically in film because you know because I can analyze text because I've learned how to analyze text how to like you know um, deliver lines or whatever or how a director thinks how an actor thinks um, I, I use that in the same way with music um, and I think it's just it's just as important to think when not to use music as it is to think about when you are actually going to use music um so yeah I, yeah I, I hope that covers it i mean i could go into this for hours i could do a whole bloody talk about why um <laughs> a music is the the third actor of a scene or whatever but um yeah it, it it just is and most people i think are because because they don't come from musical background or because they're you know not really interested in film they just watch a film uh, just to be you know entertained or whatever but most people don't realize um how 
effective the music that they've chosen to use or where they've put it actually is um, and the way you're feeling is because I've put the music there and not like even a second before um, mm. or it's the instrumentation I've used so if I you know if I've used a cello or if I've used like you know some form of synthesizer or something that instrument is for a reason it's there for a reason in the same way that you know an actor is wearing that particular costume or is delivering a line in that particular way or looks um, up at a particular time or something like that you know it's, it's exactly the same so yeah in your uh, collaboration uh, in the short film Joy mm -hmm. How did you start the process, the the creative process of producing the score? Um, we we sat down. No, uh, no, we did it. Uh, Percy Purcell Ascot. Um, he called me and said, "Johnny, like you know, do you want to do this film? This is what it's about." Da 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 da. Um, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, great." absolutely didn't read the script read nothing essentially knew nothing about it Percy just told me it was about uh, yeah. a mother and her son that's all I knew um, so I kind of just went away and just started thinking about like just mother and son bonds and whatever um, and just the relationship you know even I have with my mum or you know things like that and then he gave me the first cut of the film and watched it um I'm just trying to think, I don't think they put any music on it, which is always nice creatively, just so you've got a fresh sort of look on it. Um, yeah. uh, watched it, obviously really easy to connect to. Um, and I just started writing something. And I think I wrote the demo in, um, in like a day um, and sent that, to, sent that to Sheila, the director, and you know she got back to me in like a couple of days about notes and whatever and then we had a little group meeting about it and i just said um it's what i wanted to know first of all was whether or not we were kind of using the music to narrate uh this woman's life or whether or not we're using the music to narrate the situation that we know inevitably is going to happen it's almost like we're going to like impede if you haven't seen the film i don't want to give too much away but it, it's, it's just about uh, a mother from Nigeria bringing her young son over to London and just starting a new life together and in, invariably you know growing up on like a, a council estate he kind of essentially gets in with the wrong crowd um, and you know it, it, it's very easy it happens all the time it's no one's fault in particular maybe it's the government but we're not get political um uh but anyway that obviously inspires what is going to happen at the end of the film um and i was just asking whether or not i just wanted to know whether or not we we're going to orchestrate that so obviously like the just just the 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 heartbreaking reality of what does happen or whether or not we were just scoring it about a mother and a son um because that's two completely different ways and it's really important to understand because it, we were, it, once again, we were speaking earlier about it's really important 
knowing what the end product, not necessarily stylistically or anything like that, but knowing what you're telling, uh, what story you're telling. Mm. And that's whether or not we're warning someone, whether or not that's sort of like a, uh, be aware of this, or whether or not it's a, this is a reality that's happening right now, let's do something about it. Or whether it's just a, th this is just a woman. This is, this isn't, we're not telling a story, this just happens to her. You, you've just witnessed it, basically. Um, and, you know, we decided what it was. We, you know, each had our own opinions. We, you know, kind of molded it around that. Um, but it was just kind of a, do we want this to be sad because we know what's going to happen? Or do we want this to be sad because we didn't know what's going to happen? I know that sounds the same, mm. but it's really, I guess, hard to put into words how different that is. Um, you know, uh, and, and I think that the reason why the demo came out so easily, um, I wrote it in a way that we knew what was going to happen, the demo. Um, mm. And I think that's because I always sort of, always trust my first reaction to a film um, because just like the audience obviously it's a completely different film when I see it to when the audience see it but I am the first audience member essentially I you know am one of the first audience members so that reaction that I have watching that film is probably what the audience if not definitely what the audience will uh, be feeling like so I try and like communicate that mm. you know through the music and that's just how I felt like the first shot is really stunning but it was just something sad about it um there was just something sad about it you know you just worry you just know what's going to happen but you're always you're always hoping that it doesn't happen you know every time you rewatch mm. it you hope that something just changes something small changes um and, yeah. and i just yeah uh, that's once again long answer but that's that's how it came about we just started speaking about what sort of narrative are we gonna go with and then it wasn't about making it overly sad. It wasn't about um, making it overly tense. It was just about this is this is the journey, I guess. This is her life. Um, you know, uh, immediately you start spoon feeding. It could diminish that. It could um, or mm. overplay it. And you don't want to overplay it. You want to. You don't want to underplay it either. It's really really quite hard and this is what I mean this is exactly why music's another actor um, yeah but we knew it was going to be piano we knew it was going to be piano and like sort of bits of orchestra and um, whatever but uh, yeah did you have to take things from like your own life and from your own perhaps childhood to connect with the story um, to give it that kind of sensory like sensory feel for the audience um yes yes and no um obviously everything that happens in in that film everything that happens in uh blue story everything that happens in uh shara's story in most of the films i've done um uh really haven't been anything that I've experienced. Uh, hopefully, it, it's not been anything that most people have experienced, especially those three particular films. Um, but 
but I, I think it's every everyone knows someone that's affected by it or we see it on the news and it's how you uh, emotionally react to something like that uh, it, it's how maybe yeah your own personal battles have uh, developed you as a person developed you as a, a, an artist helps you find that voice uh, whatever that you use to kind of express that sadness or that fear or maybe even it's your personal frustration and anger about political things whether you know whether that be you know things like Grenfell Tower for example how do you communicate a frustration like that even it's not affected me um, personally I, I you know fortunately haven't gone through something like that um, but it, it's how you react to things it's how you you know I think artists as a whole are very emotionally intelligent um, we don't necessarily need to be uh, involved in something to feel pain um, we don't yeah. you know need to obviously experience good or bad will absolutely help um, uh, tell a story um, but coming coming to me and, and back to joy I, I I didn't obviously use personal experiences about you know life or anything I, I definitely used uh, experiences of how I felt when I've been shocked or hurt or when something's been taken away from me obviously I don't have a child um, so I don't know what that feeling would feel like but I can you can see it in her eyes you, you know how it must feel um, and you know how it must feel uh, obviously I, I, I don't know this but you, you, you kind of have uh, some emotional understanding of what it must be like starting a new life in a different country where everything's sort of alien to you um, the fact that you know you want to bring your the most precious thing in the world to you up in the right way but you just don't know how to do it no one knows how to do it um so yeah yeah yes and no basically um i think there's there's so many things and j just like we've been saying through this talk there's so many ways of doing everything it's about how you utilize your own experiences and maybe intertwine that with something that you have no idea how to relate to um but having said that, I think everyone would have some idea of how to relate to something, uh, even if you haven't experienced it. Um, yeah, I, I also think I, I think it's important to say that it's just being um, um, respectful of it as well. Mm. Uh, it's um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I th yeah, it's just about being respectful. And if if you don't know how to get something across, and you don't really have anything, there's to to kind of connect it with. There's nothing wrong in that as well. You can just fake it, I guess. But it's it's about being respectful of, uh, uh, like I say, not 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 overplaying it, not making it comical, or not making it seem insincere, or because uh, so many people have gone through that experience and you're helping tell this story when you've had no personal experience of it, you know. Um, yeah, yeah.
That's a good answer. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank really God. <laughs> um, how important is it for you to expand your horizon in terms mm. of like knowledge and culture um, and uh, just people yeah. uh, as a composer? How important is that? Yeah, yeah well, I think it's fundamental. Um, uh, just in terms of, like the knowledge and like the education, I think it's it's a uh, it's not even a question. I don't even realize I'm doing it. Um, I don't even realize I am learning. Mm. I don't even realize I am studying. I don't, you know. Um, you, you, if it, if it's something you love, you 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 don't you don't see it as a um, a chore or a, a a job or work. You see it as a. I've just got to do that, you know. Um, even if it is just listening to music, like you know, I I, I say to my girlfriend quite a lot, like, um, you don't realise I'm working, but I'm working right now. That you know, the song that's playing in the restaurant we're in, or something like that. Like I'm list. Why does that sound weird? Or why does that sound good? Or you know, just small things mm. like that. And you just you know, I I do. I just want to say whilst we're there, I do want to say that I do think. Um, uh, knowing why you don't like something is just as important as learning, you know, why you do like something. Because you're learning what you don't want to do is probably actually, having said that, even more important than learning what you do want to do. Um, but uh, and then in terms of like the culture and like people in general, I mean, unless you're unless you're a fucking dick, like it, it, it's <laughs> once again not a chore. It, it's a uh, it's it's a necessity. It's we're. Um, I I've I've just never, never understood that sort of. Um, you do you see it a lot it's subtly as well, but you see it a lot like really aggressively and really su- subtly. That sort of. Um, uh, uh, that kind of barricade of you're just not interested. You just don't want to get to know another person's point of view or their culture or their anything um and i've just never mm. understood that because i think that's so human that's such a human thing to do it's uh it's only really if you think about it since you know borders don't even exist they're just lines we put on a map um but before then it would have been we're just we're the same species it's all about you know i might not understand you right now i might not understand what you're thinking or how you approach life or whatever that's absolutely fine um but being blatantly ignorant or or just not showing any form of interest and no one's forcing you by the way but obviously in our world you've got to you've just got to know that you know i'm i'm as you can see as everyone could probably hear i'm i'm english i mean we've got a bit of french but i mean Mm. i'm english um so writing a score about a nigerian it doesn't actually really have anything to do with the color of their skin or their heritage, but it does have to do with finding a new home. But because I've never had to find a new home, of course I've got to at least have an interest in um, in in that sort of experience. I, I don't, for this particular film anyway, I didn't really need to know too much about like Nigerian culture or Nigerian music, but there have been projects in the past where, you know, I've had to record like um, uh, Kashmiri sort of music. Um, I've, you know, it, even different genres. You, it, it's 
it might not be a, a cultural heritage or um, geographical location, but even different genres is a different sort of uh, understanding. It's um, the more open you are to things, I think the, the the easier your life is. Um, so all these, you know, we just seen, you know, the the, the f fucking fascist um, pigs uh, swarm the capital in uh, in America the other America. day, and it's like God, your life must be so tough, and you just don't know it. How much energy you exert into your um, negative thinking is just it's just astounding. So. Yeah, I, I don't even see that as, as a, a chore or a job. I think that happens naturally. It's got to happen naturally. Um, that whole, mm. you know, learning cultures and learning experiences because that's what film is, isn't it? It's, it's about stories that people don't know or haven't experienced and it's about telling them in an effective and powerful way. And if you're not open, I might not understand. I I, I'm not at all stating for a second that I understand Kashmiri music or Senghalese music or people from Nigeria coming over and starting a new life in England absolutely no way am I but I definitely understand it a little bit more since doing it um, in the same way Blue Story I, I've, I've not been involved in gang life, gang culture I've not been involved in postcode rivalries, I've not been I've not been a young black man ever in my life obviously um, but mm. I definitely know a lot more now because of it and because of the you know the learning experience um, I know a lot more about myself because of it now um, so yeah I, I just think you're you're just not going to get anywhere in life let alone the industry if you're not interested in everything because that forms so much of who we are it forms so much of our mm. creative voice as well um, you know, different life experiences we have affect your creative voice and then the different cultures, the different people we kind of rub shoulders with affect your voice. Um, so if, if you're a dick, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, so yeah, that was, that was weirdly philosophical and political, but um, there we go, that's, that's, my, that's my two pence on it. It's crazy because like we were speaking about uh, Ludwig mm. earlier and the Black Panther score and like how he took his approach towards the score like learning about yes. different things in, yes. in Africa and I would say 100% it's played into how people have interpreted his work like how they've um, what would you say the word is like accepted his mm. work in mm. a way um because he's understood yes them. yes um yes so would you would you say that's helped you as an artist like for people to understand um uh y yes yes and no i i think i think um I I, th I think once again, it, it for me anyway. I, I I would say it's more about the respect thing. I I'm not necessarily uh, not necessarily interested in people understanding me more, but if they understand the film and what we're trying to get, like 
you know, that, that might, going back to Ludwig Göransson, that might be the first time people have heard African kind of uh, music. Um, that might have mm. been the first time they heard sort of, um, sort of loosely, it's, it's in there loosely, but like hip hop sort of produces sort of uh, elements in there. Um, and I think that that's such a responsibility, especially being, you know, he's a Swedish man he's he's not from those geographical locations he's not part of that culture but um it's the respect of do you know what i'm going to go out i'm going to learn about all this different uh africa because oh it's so different it's so different um and obviously this is obvious but you know most people just think africa is a country and it obviously isn't we know that but the the, the musical sounds of every individual african country is so different and the amount of work that he would have had to have put in there um, and the different um, the different styles that he's he's chosen to, to put in there are there for a reason and that is such a responsibility he's definitely um, done the work as it were um, so I guess yeah I mean people have learned more about his work that he's prepared to go to such lengths prepared to learn um, so much for a project, prepared to adapt so much for a logic uh, for a project, but also bring in his own background of like you know being a, a producer, um, and yeah. So, in in terms of me, maybe, maybe they've they've realised that I, I I think because I haven't done uh, something as big as Black Panther, obviously. Um, I think my my sort of weight on it is a little bit different. It's more a um, uh, uh, the the way I think about writing music or trying to be unconventional or uh, is how I'm viewed rather than the the cultural sort of aspect of it because I just haven't done anything that many people have watched of kind of cultural. Um, Kind of uh, inspiration, if that makes sense. Um, like for Blue Story, in particular, there there was quite a lot of talks about um, kind of introducing like grime elements into the score, and it wasn't that I. Well, I you know it was I disagreed. I I didn't think that was needed because grime is obviously a very. Uh, it is cultural actually that sort of a genre of music is is a culture is a cultural thing to a specific geographical location so grime music and like you know rap R&B, massive in london massive in all of uk but in the particular areas where the story was set blue story was set um that's obviously a massive factor of it um but i didn't feel like we needed that in the score because one we can see it enough two it's not really about the culture necessarily it's about uh kind of just how insidious gang like culture is um it's not really about geographical location as such but uh i thought okay i don't want it to be like music i don't want it to be like you know violins in a world where a violin wouldn't exist um i um. wanted it to sort of sound like um uh, the way I sort of viewed it was, you know, you know, like if you, if we ever, if we ever take our headphones out and just like listen in London in particular, 
there's just there's this rhythm mm. there's this weird rhythm and being a I've never lived outside of London so stepping outside of London I just know I'm outside of London um, there's just a different mm. pulse but it's so loud it's so the tubes going by it's very percussive um, you've got the doors yeah. you've, doors of buses you've got screeching you've got crowds you've got footsteps so I wanted to put that into music so you didn't quite know if it was score or whether it was like, like uh, soundscape um, this just constant mm. pulse getting louder and louder until obviously the ending happens um, and I think that that just way of thinking instead of doing like the normal of oh, let's just put some like orchestral elements on, on a film or instead of grind like even if you think of Kid Hood Kid Hood hasn't aged well but we've still got a soft spot for it but the the score for that is very dated and it's because it's very then it's very that time whereas I'm not saying the score's I'm not at all saying the score is good for Blue Story, but the score for Blue Story isn't about a point in time. It's London. Mm. That is the sound of London. Right. So we could potentially listen to it yep. in 10 years' time, and the score, the film might have, but the score hasn't aged, doesn't sound like a particular point in time. Uh, and I think that's mm. that was very important for me. So, I, I, you know, coming back to your point, I think maybe that's helped how you know people sort of view me and uh, whatever it's, it's just the thought process behind how you turn a blank page into you know a 60 minute score or however long it was um, I do just want to say by the way that uh, however lovely Ratman is for defending me and he made me work like an absolute dragon 